G'day and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. Broadcast from the studios of 3CR, your only radio left. My name is Susanna Duffy. In this week's episode, we'll have a look at some of the arguments against the voice. Jerry Harvey telling us we need our wages cut. And John Howard has been wheeled out of the freezer again. When is that old man going to shut up? Well, when is that old man going to die, irrelevant fool? You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. Harvey Norman is doing very well. Thank you very much. With a profit of $1.13 billion for this year so far. But too much money is not good for the soul, and Jerry Harvey knows this, which is why he's pushing for a cut to the minimum wage. You remember Jerry Harvey, of course, from 2020, when he called the global pandemic an opportunity, and his company doubled its profits, while at the same time he picked up JobKeeper payments from our taxes. Good thinking, Jerry. While we're forced to pay higher prices for essential goods and cutting back on how we provide for our families, Jerry Harvey and his corporate executives continue to rake in massive profits. So Jerry Harvey is gloating to his shareholders about raking in over a billion dollars in profit while telling us we don't deserve any better. Jerry Harvey makes his money out of working people. Well, we keep buying his stuff, don't we? And I wonder why. Heaven forbid that I should call for a boycott. I wouldn't do that. I'm just saying that I will not buy one bloody thing from Harvey Norman. There are plenty of other outlets to buy similar things that his company sells. I don't know why we don't all use them. 3CR Whenever a systemic injustice is about to be addressed, there's always a bunch of people who become very frightened. Terrified, in fact. Terrified that things are about to become less awful for someone else. This is a well-worn pattern. Gay marriage was going to domino affect us into marrying sheep. This barnyard orgy didn't happen. The apology to the stolen generations was going to lead Australia down an endless path of compensation lawsuits. This didn't happen either. Mabo and the land rights movement was going to lead to white Australians losing their homes. You'll be shocked to find that this didn't happen. The rigorously adhered to political ideology of a particular type of person is that they're scared. They are eternally and repeatedly scared and eternally and repeatedly wrong. 
Once society has forgotten what all the fuss was about because the sky didn't fall, these people will move on to the next advancement in civil rights or human progress and find creative new ways to be scared of that too. Now, this psychological tendency is quite explicitly the target of the No campaign. The conversation muddied for cynical political purposes by a Liberal Party machine devoid of any substance beyond self-interest. As Thomas Mayer said, we will just be saying yes or no to recognising Indigenous people in our constitution. A constitution that has explicitly excluded Indigenous people for a very long time and to do it in a practical way, an Australian way, which gives them a hand up and says, we've been making decisions about Indigenous people for a long time. Now we're going to set up an expectation that we should listen to you. It's that simple. Yes, Thomas. Yes, listener. It's that simple. Now this is far less confusing than Peter Dutton and other no advocates want you to believe. The Voice will be an advisory body on Indigenous matters only, and it would join a lengthy list of outside influences, influences who have direct lines to the Hall for Power in Canberra, influences such as the Business Council, the IPA, the fossil fuel industry, Rupert Murdoch, Rio Chinto, etc., etc. Mayo goes on to say, we work out amongst ourselves who speaks for us, not someone that a political party chooses. And then, listener, the government, chosen by the will of the broader population, can then heed the advice of the voice or ignore it. And this arrangement will be enshrined in the Constitution to stop future governments tearing it up, as has happened before. Because not listening to Indigenous people is a favourite pastime of governments, past, present and most probably emerging. So that's it. It's not scary stuff, is it? And listener, I'm very concerned with a slogan that the No campaign has taken up. If you don't know, vote no. Oh, what a celebration of lazy, willful ignorance. You could find out more easily enough, but why bother? Here, have some franking credits. And then there's that ocean full of Twitter users without profile pictures who scream, it makes our constitution race-based. No, it does nothing of the sort. It simply acknowledges the truth of what's been going on for more than 60,000 years. Just like other settler nations have done in the world. USA, Canada, New Zealand, they've done it. If you want to talk about race-based constitution, there is already a mention of race in the constitution about how it's legal to exclude people from voting based on race. 
If you're concerned about a race-based constitution, get that bit removed. And then there's the very laughable idea that the Uluru Statement has secret clauses in 20-something hidden pages that will cede control of the land to Aboriginal people. No, no, it's a single page. And Peter Credlin thinks that you're a pliable cock who knows that when you say, do your own research, you really mean watch Sky News. Oh, seriously, let's get some better conspiracy theories out there. What about the flat earth theory? That's not a bad one. Or the one about Justin Trudeau being Fidel Castro's secret love child. Yeah, try that one. That's much better. Putting aside all nonsense about conspiracy theories, there's a difficulty with dissecting all the no arguments seriously. Because there's basically nothing there except fear of things that won't happen. And this is the result of the least interested people in the world being cynically prodded to ask for more details. Back in the 1960s, when Aboriginal workers tried to get equal wages on cattle stations, I was told that the cattle stations would have to shut down because they couldn't afford to run by paying their stockmen. They could only afford to pay a bit of flour and tobacco. Another one of those things that didn't happen. But listener, here we are again, standing at the crossroads of hope and fear. On October the 14th, we will head to the polls to vote on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament as proposed in the Uluru Statement from the Heart. One side has outlined practical ways that the voice will help close Australia's shameful statistical gaps. The other side is jumping at shadows and clinging to a whitewashed past. If you take anything at all from this, Remember that if a situation is more complex than running away from a saber-toothed tiger, then fear is a terrible base for making decisions. It colours evidence and exaggerates danger. It leads to irrational and illogical choices. When we are fearful, we flee. And the no campaign is fleeing from reality. When you look at those campaigning for the yes vote on the referendum, you'll see Bill Shorten alongside Adam Bant, Tanya Plibersek with Malcolm Turnbull. It's a sad reminder, really, of what could have been a chance to unite the nation. If the coalition had not decided to play politics instead of caring about the country. I'll quote Prime Minister Albanese here when he said, in a spirit of generosity and optimism, vote yes. In recognition of 65,000 years of history, vote yes. With hope for a better future, vote yes. Compare those words 
to the words of John Howard, who urges no voters to maintain the rage. Maintain the rage, indeed. This is how John Howard views the voice, demanding that Conservatives stay angry, demanding that they resist the spirit of generosity and optimism. This referendum listener is not about rage. It's about recognition. But seriously, what do those no advocates have to rage about? What's the problem? Is it a government accepting a modest request in the Uluru Statement from the Heart? Is it colonised people asking for a voice? Asking for some kind of say over how best to solve the extreme disadvantages they face? Is it about a modern nation taking an overdue step forward? I don't know. I really don't know. But I know one thing, that older Australians are being targeted by those with malicious intent. I know this because I'm an older Australian <laughs> and I'm being targeted by those with malicious intent. Sickening. Bloody sickening. John Howard wants to see a colony rather than a nation. An angry, divided, bitter colony where Indigenous people remain in their place and old white men like John Howard remain in power. The no advocates have sought to paint the voice, the referendum and the Prime Minister as divisive. Now that's a line that's popular with focus groups like older Australians. And that's the kind of advertising material I'm getting. These no advocates are trying to take advantage of Australia's racism and of the seething indignation that many people in my age group feel towards a changing world. I'm not one of them, which is fortunate for me but I'm very aware of the age group which feels fear. Calls for truth and reconciliation are seen as personal slights, personal attacks, and Indigenous leaders are dismissed as elites. And so we see John Howard on his 84th birthday telling Australia that he is affronted by the voice proposal and telling no voters to maintain their rage. Rage, after all, is one of the main things driving the No campaign and it's all we will have left if their campaign succeeds. John Howard was around, of course, when he heard Gough Whitlam say, maintain your rage. And he thought it was a good phrase, so he's brought it back, thinking that most of us have forgotten it. This is the same John Howard who shut down ATSIC, refused to apologise to the stolen generations, and grumbled about black armbands. Remember him? He returned the Aboriginal people back to the days of the missions 
when he started the intervention with the claim that all Aboriginal children were being molested in the Northern Territory. In an effort to make us believe that Aboriginal people were all savages, John Howard's a man who really does want Australia still to be a colony where Indigenous people know their place. He is a man full of rage. Is it rage because his favourite sporting bodies are supporting the yes vote? Or is it rage still because he lost his own seat when he was the Prime Minister? How dare he use that phrase, maintain your rage. I will, John, and I'll maintain it right back at you. And I'll take the opportunity here to play John Farnham's The Voice.
who is actually running the No Indigenous Voice to Parliament campaign? Well, quite a number of people, really, both in groups and individually. Let's have a look at a group. Recognise a better way. This one is headed by Warren Mundine. And it does not support the truth-telling and treaty commitment in the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Just remember that the group Recognise a Better Way does not support the Statement from the Heart. Also remember that Recognise a Better Way was launched in Tamworth in March featuring Senator Pauline Hanson, Barnaby Joyce and Alan Jones. Now that's Recognise a Better Way. You get a fair idea what they're on about by that lineup. Another high profile group is Fair Australia, which is a subsidiary group of the conservative, highly conservative political lobbying group Advance Australia and supported by Jacinta Numpanjimpa Price, who is the country Liberal Party Senator for the Northern Territory. Numpanjimpa Price was originally part of the Recognise a Better Way, but parted ways with that group to go to Fair Australia. Now, this lobby group, Advance, please bear with me a moment, it gets convoluted here. Advance is partnered with Whitestone Strategic, the self-described Australia's Conservative Campaign Consultancy. Whitestone Strategic has worked with Fred Niles' Christian Democratic Party and the Australian Christian lobby head Lyle Shelton. Whitestone Strategic is also partnered with a US marketing and fundraising firm by the name of R.J. Dunham which states as its aim to help Christian ministries fulfil their mission. This company has worked with a California megachurch and a Texas service which counsels women against abortions. So if you thought that the tactics of the no side to the voice to parliament smelt something like conservative Christian US politics. Well, you weren't wrong, were you? You hit the nail right on the head. Now we come to Facebook. The lobby group Advance, a powerful organisation in the no camp, run three Facebook pages. One page is highly critical of the Labour government and The Voice regularly mocking politicians and campaigners supporting the referendum and claiming that the voice is radical and dangerous and completely changes the way our democratic parliamentary system functions. But the lobby group Advance also runs two other radically different referendum Facebook pages. One of these pages is titled not enough, and it pushes quotes from prominent Indigenous people, including Lydia Thorpe and Celeste Little. The Not Enough page reasserts 
We deserve better than just a voice. This page notes that the concept of constitutional recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people came from the conservative side of politics. That page, not enough, looks at first glance to have some reasonable arguments in it until you notice that their sponsored ads are paid for by Advance Australia, the highly conservative campaign consultancy lobby group. The third Facebook page run by Advance Australia is called Referendum News and it portrays itself. It claims to be neutral news source about the vote but only posts news articles highlighting criticism or scepticism about the voice. So Advance Australia is running at the same time conservative arguments, progressive arguments, as well as running a page that on first glance looks like a neutral information source. But all three of these pages say no to the voice. There's a fair whack of money involved in this. Facebook ads are not cheap. Between 30000 and 40000 for a targeted campaign and advance are running three of them. So you have to ask, where's the money coming from? Who put up that money to pay this lobby group? Who is willing to pay out? for a no vote. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the ride. See you next week. Same time, same place. Until then, it's cheerio and ciao from Left After Breakfast.